0: This is a Tech Briefs Media Group
1: Podcast. Welcome to another Who's Who at NASA podcast. Thanks for joining us. NASA is developing the Regolith Advanced Surface Systems Operation Robot, or Razor, to collect soil on the moon or Mars so it can be processed into rocket fuel, breathable air, and other commodities. Today on the podcast, we have Rob Mueller. He is the lead senior technologist for the Razer project as well as Human Robotics Systems at Kennedy Space Center. Rob, thanks for being with us.
0: Yes, hello. Uh, nice to be with you.
1: Rob, how is the razor designed and what is it able to do?
0: Well, so traditionally, if you think about construction equipment on Earth, it's uh, called heavy equipment. And the reason it's called heavy equipment is because the reaction force that's required to dig soil on the Earth is quite large. And so the weight of the machine provides the reaction force you'll see these big yellow machines on construction sites doing excavation. Well, on the moon we don't have that luxury because on the moon the gravity is one sixth the gravity on earth so everything is very light. So if you had a front end motor on the moon and you tried to dig up the regolith or the lunar soil it wouldn't actually penetrate the, the soil it would just do a push-up and so there wouldn't be enough reaction force on the machine so we have to think about ways to do things differently, and that means reconsidering the whole design of excavation and construction equipment on the moon.
1: Sure. and so how does the moon's uh, reduced gravity produce challenges for the machine? How does that affect uh, the wheels and other parts of the design?
0: So the problem is the same on on the moon or Mars or asteroids, or any reduced gravity environment, and basically, it's this uh, problem of not having enough reaction force. And another problem we have is that the regolith is very abrasive, and it, it's a powder. I think of it as being like crushed glass. It's basically basalt that is crushed and uh, by these meteorites that have impacted the, the moon and other bodies over 4.5 billion years. And so this uh, regolith is very difficult to work with. It's also electrostatically charged. And it's highly abrasive. So, uh, if you combine a different environment and uh, new materials uh, into a new problem, and to tackle that new problem, we design new kinds of machines. And, and one example of those machines that we design is the Razor robot. The Razor robot, the razor robot uh, completely rethinks the way we do excavation. Instead of uh, using the weight of the machine to push against the bucket driving into the soil, We've come up with a new configuration, it's called a bucket drum, and the bucket drum has lots of little scoops, so that each scoop has a very small force, and then we have two bucket drums with uh, counter-rotating forces, and so the forces cancel each other out, and now you don't need a heavy machine. Now a small machine that weighs about 50 kilograms can do a similar job to a very heavy machine.
1: And how does this robot differ from rovers of the past?
0: Well, rovers of the past in NASA have, have been uh, very slow, very precise, and they carry very delicate instruments that are, that are very high, highly uh, technological devices that, that uh, cannot take much uh, punishment. But what we need when we're digging. Regolith is a very lightweight machine that's extremely robust. Uh, so this uh, Razor robot is designed to uh, uh, be very fault tolerant. It can actually tumble. If it uh, falls, it can pick itself up. It can flip itself over. It can do acrobatics. And it has uh, very few instruments on it. It's, it's more of a digging machine than a scientific robot like we built in the past.
1: And what kinds of uh, commodities and resources are we talking about that uh, can be made uh, with the moon's resources? Well,
0: so the recent LCROSS mission has shown us that almost every element we need exists on the moon. The LCROSS mission showed uh, in the ejecta plume that carbon monoxide was present and also large quantities of water ice, about 5.6%. So, even though the regolith has all the elements in it, that we could extract oxygen from from the regolith. For example, 42% of the lunar regolith is oxygen. Uh, we also now know that there's water ice in the regolith at the poles of the moon and Mars and possibly asteroids as well, like Ceres. So if we can extract the water ice from the regolith, that's extremely valuable because water ice is propellant, also used for drinking water, for uh, life support, and for growing plants. So... Uh, Water is really the key to surviving in the solar system for humans. So if we can build robots that can mine the water ice out of the regolith, that is the step, the first step towards expanding civilization into the solar system.
1: And so, how will it actually work when the uh, when the razor robot lands on the moon?
0: Well, the first step towards any in any mining operations, prospecting. So the first thing we would do is we would use uh, robots like Razor and similar robots like the Resolve mission, which has a drill attached to it, and we would actually do some prospecting. Once we've identified the exact location of the ore, which is the water ice, then we start digging, and we would use the Razor robot to dig a trench. Uh, we suspect that the water ice is underneath an overburden of regolith. And then, if you can dig down below 30 centimeters, between 30 centimeters and one meter, the thermal uh, projections show that water ice could be stable in those kind of environments. So If we could dig a trench and dig down to one meter, we suspect that we'll find large quantities of water ice at those depths. But once we discover the water ice, we can acquire the water ice, mine it, and bring it back to the lander. And on the lander, we'll have a processing machine. And in that processing chemical plant, we'll extract the water, we'll clean it up, we'll electrolyze it, and then we'll use it in terms of hydrogen and oxygen.
1: And how long is it meant to operate for?
0: Well, we've done our calculations, and we think that to support a crew of of four, uh, then we'll need about 10 metric tons uh, of oxygen per year. So if you do the the projections based on that, then a robot the size of Razor would have to work 16 hours a day all year long. And not only that, but you would need four of these machines to achieve those quantities. So these machines have to be very robust and they have to be capable of working uh, basically two shifts a day every day, and you have to have multiple machines. If you can achieve that, then we have also designed the robot last five years. So we worked for five years, uh, working almost every day. So that's a, a very tall command for a machine in a very difficult, extreme environment. So it's, a, it's an engineering challenge, and we're building prototypes to test the prototypes, and then by uh, incrementally increasing the fidelity of the prototypes, we can achieve designs that, that have this capability of being able to operate for five years in an extreme environment such as Mars or the Moon.
1: How has the most recent testing gone, and have there been any modifications to the design because of the testing?
0: Uh, yes, we've done some testing in lunar regular simulant, uh, not in a vacuum, just in the Earth environment with lunar regular simulant, and we've learned a lot. And the first thing we've learned is that the mobility aspect is extremely difficult. When you're digging a trench and uh, driving in and out of the trench, then the slopes can be higher than 30 degrees and the regolith is also very loose. And so when the regolith is loose in a reduced gravity environment, it's uh, very difficult to achieve traction. So uh, we have tried to solve that problem with tracks, Uh, so similar to uh, caterpillar tracks, and uh, we've discovered that tracks are are, uh, quite prone to jamming and uh, difficult to operate in dusty environments such as regular. So uh, our recent testing experience has shown the tracks are uh, challenging, and the next prototype will uh, probably be using wheels to try to solve the same problem.
1: Is that the Razor 2?
0: The Razor 2 prototype will be redesigned to incorporate all the lessons learned from Razor 1, and uh, we will improve the digging mechanism We will make it lighter, we'll use advanced materials, and we'll use a new mobility system.
1: And when do you see this uh, being space-ready?
0: Typically, we design machines on a technology readiness level scale. So the TRL scale uh, goes from 1 to 9, 1 being when you have a new idea, and 9 is when it's flown in space and proven. And uh, typically, we uh, develop the technologies until we achieve TRL 6. At TRL 6, it becomes a candidate for a mission. Uh, Right now, Razor is at about TRL 4. So we have uh, probably a few more years of work left to to achieve TRL 6, and then we would start thinking about using it in a a real mission.
1: What do you think is the the Razor's most innovative features?
0: Well, the most innovative features is uh, the fact that It doesn't have a separate dump-in. So most uh, uh, machines, they dig and then they transfer the soil from the bucket to the dump-in, then they drive, uh, and then they dump the soil into uh, the end, end device, like a hopper on a chemical plant. So what we've done is we've incorporated everything into this bucket drum so it has a very low digging force because it has small scoops on the bucket drum, and then the regular can be carried by the bucket drum. It doesn't have a separate mechanism to carry it. And then it can actually be delivered. And then, but the, very most, uh, the most innovative feature of the whole design is the counter-rotating bucket drums, which completely cancel out the digging forces. So if, if you operate this machine on an asteroid, which has one 1,000th one gravity, in theory, if the forces cancel each other out, it should be able to dig on an asteroid, which is extremely challenging. But the most innovative feature of Razor is this counter-rotating bucket drum and the fact that it combines the load-haul-dump functions into one extremely simple mechanism, which is the bucket drum.
1: Rob, can you go into your day-to-day work and, uh, with the robot and any other technologies that uh, you deal with?
0: Okay. So uh, typically, uh, we are always trying to uh, come up with new, innovative ideas. And uh, that involves a lot of brainstorming. And so we have a special environment that we built up in our facility called the Swamp Works. The SwampWorks has a special location called the Innovation Space. And in the Innovation Space, we have a lot of whiteboards and other tools and devices uh, designed to stimulate and promote innovation. Uh, but what it boils down to is a facilitated innovation process uh, of brainstorming, and we get the team together, And we uh, really try to think of new ways to meet our requirements. And uh, once we've finished the brainstorming, we'll do a very quick, efficient prototype to prove the concept. Once the concept is proven, then we'll start designing an actual machine and build it to test it. Then we'll repeat that cycle several times before we actually have a, a real robot that's ready to go to outer space.
1: And and how do you see the Razer contributing to to space exploration in the future? What do you see as the possibilities?
0: Well, in the past, we've talked about big, large missions delivering a lot of hardware uh, in constellation class um, landers, which uh, deliver up to 50 metric tons to the surfaces of other planets. But the reality is that, uh, for example, the recent uh, Mars Science Lander mission could only land about a 1,000 kilograms on Mars. But the reality is that uh, we can only deliver small payloads to other planetary surfaces. Well, what that means is we have to shrink the size of our machines down and be able to do the job with smaller machines or even swarms of small machines. Uh, so we think that uh, we have to develop new robots that are small and lightweight that can still do the job.
1: And finally, Rob, what is your favorite part of the job?
0: Uh, my favorite part is the, the creative aspect of uh, being able to design new devices, solve problems, and just the fact that we are taking the first small steps towards uh, making uh, humanity a spacefaring civilization. If we can actually harness the resources in our solar system, And in the universe, that's the key to being able to exist in outer space as a space-carrying civilization. And that's why it's so important to acquire these resources with robots like Razor.
1: Rob Mueller, we want to take the time here at NEST Tech Briefs to thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you very much.